Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. The United States military is said to be one of the most accepting places to work in the country. Soldiers often use the expression that they all bleed green. However, in the polarizing political climate that we live in, some say the culture is changing. Joining us to discuss, we have retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Darren Gobb. Lieutenant Colonel Darren Gobb, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Steve. It's great to see you again. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Colonel, uh, we're approaching 21 years since the 9-11 attacks, a moment that actually unified the nation and strengthened military resolve. If you could reflect on what it felt like for you um, and, and where we are now. Sure. Yeah, that that's a significant change in American culture and the, the American military specifically. But uh, when 9-11 happened, I was a, a captain in the Army out of Fort Carson, Colorado, and you could just see the, the clear patriotism and pride that had come out across the country. And we knew that at this point, we really had a common enemy that everybody was able to identify. Uh, today is the opposite, really. Uh, often our own soldiers are the uh, under the friendly fire of their own chain of command, and you've got a, a, a divided nation in many ways. Sometimes it's because that's what is being thrust upon us, is this desire to force division. And uh, a, woke, a woke culture, generally, that's affecting the entire country in our readiness right now. And it is hard to see a future where we can come together as one nation as we're designed to be again. And I don't know what would cause that, but uh, I I think we have to keep working towards it again. Colonel, to your point, this term wokeness is kind of multi-pronged. There's different aspects of it, Um, you know, one one of which is uh, the term corpsman not being used anymore to being substituted with a gender-neutral term. Uh, When it comes to wokeness in the military, what types of things are you hearing about? Uh, Well, that's just one small sample for sure uh, of what is common across all the forces right now, unfortunately, and that that is this idea that your your gender, your ethnicity, some sort of uh, gender identification, whatever you want to label yourself as, is driving a wedge between what's supposed to be the most tight-knit team in this Mm -hmm. entire country because it requires it. I'm hearing about things like corpsmen being changed into medical personnel or something like that. I'm hearing the current, those who are patriots now in the military getting driven out for failure to uh, uh, identify with this current agenda, as well as, as a result, many of the patriot kids, I guess you could say, the parents are encouraging them not to sign up. The kids themselves don't want to sign up. And those who do sign up become come in pre-programmed in many ways. And their, their wokeness, I guess you could say, is accelerating into a military that is going to be lacking readiness because they're really just becoming another political arm of the White House and not necessarily a military arm focused on defending our Constitution and being a strong team. I mean, so is it fair to say that this is politically driven uh, by those in power versus a consensus among the rank and file? At the senior ranks, I would say there's definitely politically driven, and and that's no different than it has been throughout history. There's a point in uh, persons in the the military's rank structure when it becomes less about leadership and war fighting than it is about the uh, the political pursuit of often career over fulfilling of the oath. There's been some phenomenal officers in this in the history of America for sure that have, have not done that, but right now 
the uh, the senior chain command is following lockstep behind this agenda because they're they don't take their oath seriously and they want to just maintain their positions where they are continue to get promoted take the paycheck and uh and see where they can go from there uh, i think that's pretty sad unfortunately but also unfortunately true um the rank and file though my concern is and the risk that i see is that uh, as these junior soldiers come in, whether they be lieutenants or privates or specialists or whatever, and that rank structure across all the services, because they've come in already kind of pre-programmed into the woke culture, you're going to see that culture inculcate through all the ranks over the next decade or so if we don't fix this with some big, very big moves. And I, I increasingly question the military's capacity to deal with that and turn back towards being the organization that is respected the way it's supposed to be across this country by all people regardless. Lieutenant Colonel Darren Gobb, thank you so much for joining us. Hey Steve, it's a pleasure to be with you again, thank you. The Conservative Party in the UK has selected their new Prime Minister, Parliament member Liz Truss. The former Prime Minister Boris Johnson took a tumultuous political fall and resigned from office on July 7th. NTD London correspondent Jane World joins us. Jane, Liz Truss has just been nominated to be the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. What is going to be her top priority when she gets into office? Hi, Steve. Truss, of course, inherits the same challenges that Boris Johnson had. Many of those challenges have got bigger. The energy crisis is one of those at the top of the agenda. Inflation is at a 40-year high and millions aren't able to pay their bills. So she's promised a total of $35 billion in tax cuts in the budget later this month. But it's not just the energy crisis in her in-tray. The war in Ukraine continues. Boris Johnson has suggested households across Europe would need to endure a rise in the cost of living to support Ukraine and counter Russian's aggression. But that's not necessarily going to go down very well. Jane, the parliamentary system in the UK is obviously different uh, from what we have here in the United States. So what comes next? Will she be meeting with the Queen? Yeah, Steve, she certainly will be. Normally, a new prime minister is invited to Buckingham Palace to be appointed by the Queen. And this tradition isn't being followed, though, actually, because it's understood the Queen is suffering from mobility issues. So instead, Truss and Boris Johnson are flying to the Queen's Balmoral Estate in Scotland, where the Queen is taking her traditional summer break. So the Queen will formally dismiss Boris Johnson, and then she will ask Liz Truss whether she will form a government. So Truss will then fly back to London to crack on with choosing her government ministers and forming her cabinet. So Truss will be the 15th prime minister to be appointed by the Queen, the first being Winston Churchill back in 1955. But going back to the results from earlier, uh, they revealed that she won 81,000 votes compared with 60,000 for former Chancellor Rishi Sunak. She was voted in by Conservative Party members, not the British public. That's because a leader needed to be appointed partway through the election cycle to replace Boris Johnson. So it's different from a general election. The next general election here will be no later than January 2025. So this trust has less than 18 months to show the voters that she means business. Two great geopolitical threats uh, for different reasons, China and Russia. Uh, how will she approach these two countries? Uh, what, what's her 
position. Yes, Steve, it's an interesting one. Well, Liz Truss is known for her hardline position on China. She's frequently criticised the Chinese Communist Party, and it was recently reported in The Times, and that's The Times of London, not The New York Times, that she's considering labelling China a threat to national security. That's the same status as Russia. And during her campaign, Truss promised that she would publicly recognise that genocide is taking place in Xinjiang, which aligns the UK with the US and goes further than the recently published UN report. There are also informal parliamentary groups here, like the China Research Group, and there's also a group called the Inter-Parliamentary Alliance on China, and they will want to keep China on the new prime minister's agenda. With a war raging in Ukraine, China could fall down Truss's priority list with Russia taking the top spot. And political analysts expect Truss to maintain Britain's stance as one of the most active and vocal supporters of Ukraine, supplying it with weapons and training, which certainly won't sit well with Moscow, of course. Moscow was already openly criticising Truss during her visit there at the start of the year. Their foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, described their conversation as a dialogue between deaf and mute people calling her part of a new generation of superficial Western politicians. The Russian hostility may not overly worry her, may even prove useful as she sets out to prove her credentials as a strong leader facing up to Moscow over Ukraine. Jane World reporting from London. Okay, thanks, Steve. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.